Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. Weekend Report is indeed on your radio, and we appreciate you listening to it. Tony Colombo here with my partner, Chris Arps. You barbecuing uh, on Monday? I might be barbecuing right now. Oh, okay. (laughs) You never know. None of your business. You never know. (laughs) Carl Middleman is in studio as well. Great to see you, gentlemen. Happy Labor Day weekend to everybody that is listening to us. We have got a great show for you on this holiday weekend. Two packed hours. Um, I'm going to work backwards. We're going to start in the second hour. A little bit later on, when Skip Weber gets here, we are going to play the 50th edition, milestone edition of the Weird News Challenge, a very special category, mm-hmm. very special topic. Hence. For the uh, no hints oh. <laughs> uh, for the fiftieth edition, so you don't want to miss that. Um, coming up a little bit later this hour, we're going to talk to State Rep Nick Schroer, who was who joined us in studio for a, a few minutes last week to give us an update on Missouri's abortion bill. There has been more legal activity involving Missouri's abortion bill, the very famous, controversial, uh, nationally discussed Missouri abortion bill. So we are going to get the latest news happening on that front from State Rep. Nick Schroer, who is the uh, one of the sponsors and one of the authors of that bill. And coming up in the next segment, don't go anywhere, we are going to talk to Corey Lewandowski, yes. former Trump campaign manager. I know he's a part of the 2020 campaign as well. He is a Fox News contributor, I believe. If not, he's on there all the time. And he uh, might be running for Senate in the state of New Hampshire. Corey Lewandowski's a, a a busy man, and he is very close to the president. And that makes me excited to talk about him. We'll get some good information from him. He's a very busy man, and it'll be interesting to get his thoughts on President Trump's uh, election, how the campaign, what's going on currently. Is he running for the Senate? So I say we start with, look, we're not going to do this interview unless you tell us one way or another you're going to run for <laughs> yeah. it. Or we won't have you well, back on. Give him a short a straight ultimatum. And we're telling him we won't have one? you back on. Yeah. Is that a good one? Yeah. <laughs> You'll yes. never be back on the Weekend Report yeah. in St. Louis, my friend. Exactly. You've burned this bridge. Burned it. You think that's a good way to go? Probably not. Not a good way to start? <laughs> no. You think you we can, can try it? You think we can get him to make an announcement right here? We can try. Look, right, we made try. news about a few weeks ago with Bob Beckel. We sure so, did. You know, you twist. He's never been back Tony on twist either. On. You, know, you know what? No. <laughs> that's true. Uh, we can talk about this off the uh, air, but um, uh, but Bob has uh, expressed interest to come back. We got to really? get really? him back. Yeah. Okay. We need to get Who him back. Who are you going to tell us? Huh? Who are you going to like tell us? I just told you. <laughs> Live. I just <laughs> good. <laughs> I waited till we were on the radio to yeah. tell you. Um, so I yeah, we burned we that get, bridge. Yeah, we need to get Bob back here. Maybe <laughs> maybe we can get Bob on and he can uh, trash the president again, and uh, and then we can have Corey come on and 
and uh, dispute no, that. No, Let's try to get them on together. That's what I was about to go. say. Let's get like them on it. together and, and uh, host a debate. Yeah, for sure. So um, very much looking forward to talking to Corey Lewandowski in the next segment. I got questions for him about um, uh, gun laws, some controversial statements that the president has made uh, that have some people nervous uh, regarding like universal background checks and red flag laws. Of course, we want to talk to him about uh, his Senate, his possible Senate run, and uh, all kinds of things happening with the uh, with the election. Go ahead. You know, Tony, too, I've been uh, since I you told me we were going to have him on. I've been practicing my New Hampshire, New England uh, accent. Oh, yeah. New Let's Hampshire, hear that. New Hampshire, Corey. How are you? Chris Ops. And we want to have it. We want to. Uh, Let's not do that. That's no. Boston. That's well, same thing. No, no. <laughs> no? <laughs> don't tell people from New Hampshire that. You don't think that's a good New England accent? Uh, it's the same. Corey Lindaski. So we'll uh, we, we'll we'll get into uh, we'll get into a lot of stuff with Corey Darn. in the next segment. Right now, let's start the show with uh, what we call the week in review. Yeah. Um, once again, I don't mean to. Uh, I'm going to do this to you again on the fly. Do you have uh, Do you have uh, the I sound have pulled all. up? Just give me a number. Um, yeah. Let's uh, hit um, three. Let's. Yeah. Th- I was looking for <laughs> Kennedy. That's exactly right. Number three. Yeah. Just because it's not criminal, in the opinion of the Department of Justice, doesn't mean it's not sleazy. Now, in terms of Mr. Comey's response, uh, I think it's pretty apparent to the American people at this juncture that Mr. Comey is not exactly Mensa material. (laughs) Senator Kennedy there, of course, referring to the uh, Inspector General report that came out this week talking about the behavior of former FBI director James Comey it was not a uh, it was not a glowing uh, review of James Comey's uh, conduct in his in his final um, year there as FBI director uh, definitely going to get want to talk to Corey Lewandowski and get his thoughts on that. But Chris, what was your reaction when the IG report came you out? You know, this before week? we get to that, I want to you guys both your opinion. Sure. Do you think when when John Kennedy makes his statements, is it the accent that makes it funny, or is it the actual no, it's quip a, that makes it it's, funny? It's the but combina- you don't think the voice no, no, helps? No, it does. No, <laughs> it it's does the help. it's the combination. He's not exactly mincing material, no, is he? It's no, just... it's the whole package. Well, it's, just because <laughs> it's go. not criminal in the opinion of the Department of Justice doesn't mean it's not sleazy. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the whole package. The whole it's package. the it's the line. He always has a good line, yeah. but the accent, the accent and the pitch of the voice yeah. all it, it makes it perfect. He's and very, he's representing you, everyone. That is exactly <laughs> he's, right. He's very humorous. Very humorous. No, but you know, I think what the IG report showed is that, uh, and I hate to say this because I, you know, I'm idealistic and I believe in the American government and all that good stuff. But it shows that if you are a high-level person or you are connected with the, in government, you're not going to be charged with a crime no matter how <laughs> badly it looks. And we can see that with Hillary, now with Comey. And I think part of it is the, you know, he was the FBI boss. There's that FBI culture that we, we don't want to charge one of our own. And I think another part of it is... Do you think he should be charged? I think he should Do be charged. Do you think he should be going to jail? Uh, well, that's the term. That's what the uh, the a court of law is determined. Should he go to jail? But I think he definitely should be charged for, for what he did. But I think it comes also to a point where people just don't want to charge high-level people like that because of the possibility of what it may unravel and other things that uh, may take other people down with them. So they give them a slap on the wrist or they overlook it or whatever and just 
lets it go forward. And that's the part of Washington that is so corrupt that spurs things like the Tea Party and citizens groups to be angry because the government is a government of elitists instead of for the people. I, I the only thing that uh, the I was looking forward to the this IG report coming out and you know what's it going to say what's it going to say and I didn't learn it all it did for me was confirm everything that we already suspected and sort of knew that you know that he leaked that every that his actions were but the imp- not only against FBI policy but in my opinion in the opinion of many others and what you just illustrated Chris is illegal the importance of the IG report is that it is like the name says, the inspector general, which is independent, supposedly of politics. So this isn't a Republican coming out this report. This isn't a Democrat coming out this report with this report. This is an independent uh, inspector general that's saying that Comey uh, broke all of these laws, did these things wrong. So that's what gives it uh, credibility. Mm-hmm. Um Went to, like I said, this is a week in review. I want to get to as many of these stories as we can. Let's move on to, I don't know if you, this story got almost no uh, attention this week, but I thought it was important. I thought it was something that we should be talking about. Democrats in the House Judiciary Committee suggested in a court filing this week that they have been carrying out an impeachment investigation of President Trump since before Robert Mueller's report was even submitted, which appears to conflict previous statements by people like Jerry Nadler and Nancy Pelosi. Nadler said that uh, they didn't start their impeachment investigations until they saw the report that has been proven wrong by this court mm-hmm. document. Nancy Pelosi said uh, as far back as March that impeachment wouldn't start unless there was something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan that it couldn't be avoided. Uh, this court filing shows that these investigations were underway while these Democrats were out. These leaders of the Democratic Party were out saying, no, we're not doing any of that. Why is this story why is probably the majority of people that are hearing this right now hearing that story for the first time? That's a is it am I overdoing it? I mean, is it or is that a big deal? Well, I I, I don't think caught red handed. But I don't think what they were doing was inherently illegal. It just mainly just shows how partisan they are and shows that they were out to get the president before he was president or right at the earliest stages of his presidency. So I don't think there's any inherently illegal with it. You know, I said on my Facebook page er- earlier uh, on Friday is the the Republican or Democratic Party is running on free health care, free college education for illegals, uh, open borders and for uh, Ill- illegal immigration, and this is what we're just talking about here to yeah. lost my mind, but yeah. they're, they're totally off the track. Here's another story that didn't get any attention this week and is, again, just mind-boggling that these stories just sort of get buried. Um, big thank you to our friend Virginia Crude at The Daily Caller. She did an article on this story this week, and I'm going to read from that article right now. Uh, it's former Duke psychiatrist admits... Trump is not mentally ill, but he would say that he was if it would get the president out of office. So Mm. this guy, his name is, uh, he's the former Duke chair of psychiatry, Dr. Alan Francis, admitted last week that President Donald Trump was not mentally ill, but that if using that argument would, would get Trump removed from office, he would do it. So here's a guy that has 
a lot of credibility in mm-hmm. the mental health world that is saying he's a former chair of psychiatry at Duke University, an expert on you know mental health. He's saying if it would get the president out, I would lie. I would tell people that he's not mentally fit. Well, I think he's that um, is scary. Yeah, and you you would think that a psychiatrist he would be able to diagnose himself with Trump derangement so- syndrome, <laughs> which was what that sounds like. I mean, he's just a symptom of of all of these people that have gotten so emotionally invested in Trump's defeat and and of him failing that they're risking their their academic credentials, their reputations because of this hatred for 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 a president. He said this on CNN. Yeah. I, it wasn't some yeah. interview somewhere or some college, you know, class that he was speaking in. He said this on CNN, and it, it got no play. It doesn't shock me. I mean, you look at uh, on election night when you had these millennials were crying. We hear the stories where people are so angry, liberals are so angry at President Trump that they go out and just scream at the sky. They're trying to change things. So these people are, are out there. So it doesn't right. surprise me. It's from, from the lowest person up to academia yeah. that have lost well, their minds. I highly recommend you go to the Daily Caller. You look at Virginia's article. It is stunning. Go and read the details yourself. Uh, Virginia Cruda's article on the Daily Caller about this story uh, is is unbelievable. Um, a couple minutes left in this segment before we talk to Corey Lewandowski. Uh, something made me smile this week. Oh. The president said that they are moving forward very soon Uh with Space Force. Yes. Yes. How excited are you about Space Force? Well, yeah. Come on! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're almost out of time, so we can't get too deep into it, but uh, do you think there should be a new branch of the military, a Space Force added, or do you think this is uh, silly? Look, Tony, we just had a report, budget report this week that said that next year Nobody we will have a... We about will, budgets. Wait a minute. Nobody in Washington cares well, about budgets. People care when you start throwing around the T word, which is trillion, and we're talking about having a trillion dollar budget deficit next year. So I, I just like, I'm all for it, but where's... How are we going to pay for Space Force? Space Force? I am excited about the Space Force, but then again... We have the Air Force, but the Air Force started as a branch of the Army, mm-hmm. and then they said, you know what, We technology has gotten so that we need a separate Air Force, mm-hmm. and now technology has gotten so that we might need a separate Space Force. Yes. But what does that mean for NASA? How do we one pay is, for it? One oh. is, well, one is for exploration, and I one know is this. for defense. I know Space Force sounds cooler than NASA. <laughs> it's my favorite t-shirt by the way i have a space you Force wore it last t-shirt. week i know i love it all right we got to take a break we've got plenty more to go chris and i will get to some more of the stories of the week a little bit later on but coming up next we are going to talk to Corey lewandowski former trump campaign manager maybe future senate candidate for the state of new hampshire senator lewandowski what do you think yeah you say maybe that? we can uh, maybe we can get him to shine a little light on where his thought process is on that we'll ask him a whole bunch of things don't go anywhere Corey Whoa. lewandowski next on the weekend report it's fm news talk nice one
Hello and welcome back to The Weekend Report. It's FM News Talk 97.1. Tony Colombo in studio with my partner Chris Arps, producer Carl Middleman. And as I mentioned at the end of the last segment, joining us now on the phone is former Trump campaign manager. There's so many things. I could, Chris, there's so many things that I could. He's part of the, he's part of the uh, uh, 2020 re-election campaign. Mm-hmm. He is uh, there at the White House. Our Corey Lewandowski joins us on the phone. Corey, thanks so much for your time today. How are you? Well, fellas, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm really happy. You know, we have had another successful week in this administration. Uh, the president, as you know, has decided to postpone his trip to Poland so that he can have his full attention on the hurricane, which is mm-hmm. about to hit down in Florida uh, over the next day or so. Uh, we, as a federal government, are prepared. FEMA is prepared to make sure that every person in Florida has the resources necessary to deal with the impeding hurricane. So I was going to just I was going to start this um, by talking about the campaign and how it never ends. But I want to get into that in a second now, because I'm glad you addressed that hurricane. In, In your mind, the fact that the president is staying here, not, you know, canceling that trip or postponing that trip overseas to stay here for the hurricane. Um, In your opinion, is that the type of uh, interest and care that he takes in this country that he doesn't get credit for most of the time? Well, I, I think you and your listeners know that it doesn't matter what this president does. The mainstream media will find a way to chastise him. If he would have gone to Poland, they would have chastised him for going to Poland while a hurricane is coming to Florida. If he stays home, they're chastising him for telling one of our best allies in the world that he isn't coming. So, you know, he can't win no matter what happens. You look at last week at the G7. He uh, renegotiated a great trade deal with Japan so that our farmers will have more access to markets. He gets no credit for that whatsoever. But that is just, you know, part and parcel to what had happened since he came down that golden escalator in June of 2015. And, and he is a fighter, and he fights for the American people every day. He does it in the White House. He did it on the campaign trail. And he's going to continue to do it going into the reelection campaign next year. Yeah, we're talking to Corey Lewandowski, and you, you mentioned him coming down the elevator, starting that presidential campaign that you were such a big part of. And the passage of time, the perception of time is so weird because in some ways it seems like Donald Trump has been president for uh, forever, for a long, long time. But then there are other ways that I look at it and I think to myself, I can't believe it's 2019. I can't believe we're already in another campaign season full swing. I can't believe that, you know, time has passed that quickly. But my question is, you know, we say it now, debates are on television, uh, people are, ads are running, we are in campaign season. But have we reached a point in America, especially maybe in Washington, D.C., that it's always campaign season these days? Well, I think it is always campaign season because as, as conservatives and as Republicans, the president always has to push back against the false narratives of the mainstream media. We saw it this week when Lawrence O'Donnell had to apologize on two separate occasions mm-hmm. for things that he said which were factually inaccurate, and only because the president seemed threatened to sue him did they recant those stories. And so in that sense, the president is always trying to sec- set the record straight. And now that he has a record of accomplishments, whether it's passing a historic tax cut so that middle class has more money in their pockets, whether it is changing the federal judiciary by appointing 145 federal judges for the better, whether it is deregulating the federal government, 
This president has to go out and talk about those successes, because when you listen to the media, the only words you hear are recession, recession, Russia, recession. So I think they only know words that start with R. But the truth is, more Americans are working today than ever in the history of our country. And we're the hottest economy in the world. If you listen to the media, you think we're in the Great Depression again. So in that sense, the campaign never ends because we have to tell the American people the truth of the success of this administration. Corey, this is Chris Sarbs. Uh, During the 2016 campaign, I had the honor and privilege of working opposite of you on the Ted Cruz campaign in, in uh, mm, Iowa and man. South Carolina. He's going to open and, with that, and, eh? No, and in other states. <laughs> but, no, Bruce, but... You but, picked the right horse. <laughs> <laughs> but being on the bus tours and being in the small towns and pubs in Iowa and South Carolina and other states, you really get to know a person running for president. You get to know them. You know, we went to Longhorn Steakhouse with Ted Cruz and went to the movies with him. You were the campaign manager. You were very close to Donald Trump during the campaign. He's a bigger-than-life figure. You know, he's been in the public limelight for years. What type of person is he really like in the back back roads of Iowa on a campaign bus? Well, well, Chris, we only traveled in the 757. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good shot there. Good one, Corey. Sorry, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. When you're the richest uh, guy ever to run for president, right, you get to travel in your own plane. That's but, true. That's uh, true. We didn't. We uh, we had that very limited uh, private planes. But but the truth is this: you know, the president and the candidate is so gracious and so magnanimous behind the scenes. And let me just tell you, I spent thousands of hours with this man. He was always, you know, concerned about how's your family doing, Corey. Should I call your family and tell them that you know we need you here on the campaign trail? And just about three weeks ago. In, uh, in the middle of August, uh, the president came to New Hampshire, Manchester, New Hampshire, my home state. And I had spoken to him the day before. And I said, hey, sir, I'd really love it if, you know, you could say hello to my wife. He said, Corey, absolutely not. I'm going to say hello to your entire family. You bring your entire family to Air Force One. I will spend time with them. My mom, my wife, my four children. Hmm. It was amazing how magnanimous he is, how gracious he is, how, how just nice he is, how generous he is. That's the Donald Trump that I know that the media doesn't portray when, you know, he is a man of just immense wealth. And he says, Corey, whatever is mine is yours. If your family wants to go and use one of my golf courses or there's something that I can do to help you or anyone you know, please let me know. And he's so genuine about that. And that is so underreported. He, t- he put his hand on my 10-year-old boy. I have twin 10-year-old boys. He put his hand on my 10-year-old boy and he said to him, I wouldn't be the president of the United States if it wasn't for your father. Hmm. And if you don't think that that is a touching moment, a, a moment in history, and look, it's not true, but I appreciate the fact that he said that because he could have won this campaign by himself, and I was just a small piece of it. But to say that to my son so that my son has more respect is so touching. It's why I am so dedicated to this president. Johnny Isaacson, wow, that's a mouthful, announced this week that he was uh, retiring from the Senate for health reasons. A lot of uh, political activists and analysts are concerned that the Senate may be in play for the Democrats this election cycle. Uh, Corey, there's a lot of speculation going around. But if uh, your, your friend, Donald Trump, our president, came up to you and put his hand on your shoulders and said, Corey, we need you to run for Senate of New Hampshire. Uh, What would you say? 
I would say, sir, I want to be in the capacity that can help you and our country be successful to the best of my ability. And if that's running to the United States Senate to defeat Gene Shaheen, a candidate who has never passed a signature piece of legislation, a candidate who has voted to continue to fund sanctuary cities and voted against Justice Gorsuch and Justice Kavanaugh, a candidate who's gotten candidly very, very rich while in public office, if the highest best use for me to make sure that we're continuing to put America first is to run and win the United States Senate seat, uh, then with the support of the president, hopefully the entire first family, I will undertake that. But for me, it's so important for my children and my grandchildren to make sure that our country continues to move on the path that it is, which is economic prosperity, national security prosperity, and homeland security prosperity. Because if we don't protect Americans, which is the, the vow that the president takes to protect all Americans from enemies, both foreign and domestic, then we're doing a disservice to future generations. So I've talked with the president about the U.S. Senate race uh, very much, and it's something I'm looking very, very closely at. And, and there are other seats where, obviously, if I am running in New Hampshire, the financial resources I think I can bring to bear to call out Gene Shaheen's failed voting record will help take resources away from other states like Colorado and North Carolina and potentially Georgia and Arizona, because we have to make sure that Donald Trump has the right team in Washington to continue to fight for the American people. Corey, just one last question about uh, New Hampshire. Uh, I know there's uh, obviously a lot of speculation about you running, and I know that you haven't made that decision yet. I think the Democrats there think that you're running a story out today. Uh, shows that they have launched already political ads in New Hampshire, the Democratic Party there, um, against you, uh, sort of uh, trying to uh, to bash you in case you do decide to run. Do you have any timeline on when you would make that decision? Well, look, it, we, the state of New Hampshire has the latest primary in the country, which is September of next year. The filing deadline is June of next year. Uh, my children go back to school on Tuesday in New Hampshire. And so I'm going to continue to spend time with my family to have these conversations. And I don't feel obligated to come up with a false deadline. Um, but what I do know is I'm probably the first person in America who's been attacked uh, before he even becomes a candidate, because that's how fearful they are of me getting into this race and bringing with them the Donald Trump coalition, where they said Donald Trump couldn't beat Hillary Clinton on Election Day, and he won with more than 300 electoral votes and approved every prognosticator and pundit wrong. So they're so afraid that I will join with that Trump train coalition and defeat Gene Shaheen. They're already attacking me as a private citizen who's not even in the race for the U.S. Senate yet. We're talking to Trump advisor, former Trump campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski. Uh, Corey, I host another show on the weekends here on 97.1 that's called Second Amendment Radio. The title of the show speaks for itself. We've talked a lot on that show over the years, way before things like red flag laws were a hot button issue in the news. We've been discussing those things on Second Amendment Radio. There are a lot of gun people that have reached out to us, Second Amendment rights supporters that we've talked to on that show, that get concerned when they hear this president and other Republicans seem to uh, be willing to entertain the idea of red flag laws or background checks. Can you sort of 
set the record straight and let us know where the the White House and the top of the Republican Party stands on the the issues that face us uh, surrounding Second Amendment rights, specifically like red flag laws and uh, universal background checks. Yeah, let me say, look, I don't speak directly for the administration on the issue, but let me tell you as someone who was a peace officer in the state of New Hampshire who went through the police academy and graduated, someone who's been a Second Amendment supporter, and someone who's owned uh, a concealed and carry permit for literally uh, north of 30 years now, okay? And I'm a young guy. I've had it for a long time. Let me tell you what I think. I think that the more laws we make, the more criminals will find a way around those laws. The more times we put restrictions on lawful gun owners, they don't impact those people who are buying the weapons illegally. And You know, the gun show loophole, which is what people all talk about, is less than one-tenth of one percent of weapons purchased because most of the people who are at the gun shows are FFL or federal firearms licensed dealers. And they're selling them uh, with a background check just as if you went in any other gun store. And let me tell you what I think. In my state of New Hampshire, I've passed my background check and issued been issued my right to carry concealed weapon by my local police authority. In my opinion... That license should permit me to transport my weapon across state lines, regardless of what that state law says. Because what we've seen now is that states make such punitive laws against lawful gun owners that they make it almost impossible to get a background check. And in New Hampshire, I live right over the border from Massachusetts. If I cross into New Hampshire with a weapon for whatever reason and I'm stopped, it's a mandatory one-year jail sentence. And the only people that are penalized because that are the lawful gun owners. So I don't believe in that. Look, I don't believe in the notion that you have a red flag law and you get to call the police on your next door neighbor because he cut you off on the road. and They go and they get to confiscate his weapons. And now you've got to go to a judge and fight for your right to, you know, to, to keep and bear arms. I don't believe in that. I think lawful gun owners who go through the process, who pass background checks, who are issued license to carry concealed weapons, should have the right to transport those weapons across state lines every single time. As a police officer, we had that right because the federal government stepped in and allowed that under House Bill 214, because what happens was police officers were crossing the line and didn't have the right to carry in other states. That has now changed as a federal law. I think that's a rational process. And this notion, and I'm so tired of hearing about it, is automatic weapons, automatic weapons, automatic weapons, okay? To get an automatic weapon, and you know this, it's, it's like the same, it's the same criteria as buying a silencer. You have to fill out a, di- a different form. You can't just walk in. There's a different transfer tax that you have to pay for. And so, you know, look, these are the buzz, buzzwords that the left uses to incite people who are not educated when it comes to the Second Amendment. My belief is the Second Amendment is a right that our forefathers gave us that we must protect as we should the First and every other amendment in, in our Constitution. And by putting more laws on the books... We are penalizing the individuals who follow the laws in the first place. Corey, let's go back to my hypothetical question that I asked you about the president uh, putting his hand on your shoulder. I've been in politics a long time, a consultant, and that kind of sounded almost like a uh, and that you were going to run. Would you, you like to make some news on the weekend report? I told him we weren't going to ask another New Hampshire question. Okay, <laughs> it's Labor Day, fellas. We can't, you know, it's Labor Day weekend. We can't hey, we're, work, Labor Day we're working weekend. hard here, Corey. We're working hard. I know, but, but, but it's Labor Day weekend. No one's going to listen if I do it. I promise you I'm making an announcement. Everyone's going to know about What it. announcement? Right. What are you right. talking about? Huh? Hey, Corey, uh, what well, was your exactly. <laughs> Corey, what was your reaction to the IG report this week? 
I'll tell you very candidly, uh, I'm very disappointed. And, you know, I have enormous respect for Inspector General Horowitz and for Bill Barr and the entire uh, Justice Department now that has been restructured and we've got professionals running that. And, you know, I am uh, tonight, Saturday night, I'm going to do Judge Jeanine Pirro's show on Fox News. And we're going to talk about this. And everyone tells me that, you know, there are larger crimes that James Comey is going to be charged with down the road. And in my heart of hearts, I hope that happens. But it sure seems like there are two different sets of rules. One, if you're a Hillary Clinton supporter and a, and a supporter of Jim Comey, and one if you're not. And so, you know, the Trump people, and I look at Mike Flynn and so many other people who have been prosecuted, uh, George Papadopoulos, the lives that they destroyed, uh, spying on American citizens on domestic soil. And then I look at the crimes that James, Co- that James Comey committed, which clearly involved leaking information, whether it was classified at the highest level, or the lowest level, he leaked information. We know that he lied in front of Congress. We call that perjury. And they decided not to prosecute him. And I hope the only reason they didn't prosecute him under this IG report is because there's additional information coming forward that will see him prosecuted. And I want to see Andy McCabe, who has received three criminal referrals for lying under oath when he was an acting director of the FBI, I want to see him dragged before court, and I want to see him held accountable because if it was any other American citizen, they wouldn't get the same treatment. They'd be in front of a court system. They'd be prosecuted, and that would be the right thing to do. These guys are not above the law, and we have to hold them to that. Talking to Corey Lewandowski. Only got a couple minutes left. Um, I've got one more, and Chris has got one more. Go ahead, Chris. No, you did. Oh, you, oh, yeah. you want me? Okay, very good. Uh, Corey, when you, when you wake up in the morning, and you pick up your phone, and you see a notification that says the president has tweeted four times today. What is, in your, in, in Did you ever do that? In your, occasionally. <laughs> it happens occasionally. Um, That's before 6 a.m. <laughs> what's your, uh, are you excited to read them? Are you a little nervous? What, how do you think, what are your thoughts on, on the president's Twitter habits? Look, I, I, I think that a significant portion of our campaign revolved around the president's Twitter campaign because it was a rapid response unit, right? It was our ability to bypass the media and put something out very quickly, as opposed to holding a press conference or writing a press release, just simply putting out a tweet. And the president was very effective at that because he's an unbelievably great marketer. And look, do I love every tweet? Of course not, hmm. right? But some of them are so funny, like... I think you saw last week the Dow dropped 500 points, and you said, I think it was because Seth Moulton dropped out of the presidential race. Right? I mean, it's, just, it's just funny, some of the things he says. And he holds these people accountable, and they don't know what to do. So, you know, uh, I think the president uses Twitter in a very effective medium. To me, it reminds me of the fireside chats. It reminds me of JFK's use of television. This is the medium now, social media where the American people receive their information, and the president knew that, which is amazing when you think about a 73-year-old man who has really revolutionized the way campaigns are run by the use of social media. And you, if you look at all the social media platforms across from Instagram, Facebook, you know, the whole thing, he's got like 200 million followers. Mm-hmm. And that's an amazing thing. Corey, I'm African-American, and I'm hoping, and I know that it will probably occur to the president will use his Twitter account to get out to his followers and to the nation just the wonderful ec- economy we've had and that how African-American support for this president is growing, even if the media will tell you uh, otherwise. Well, you're exactly right. Look, the, the numbers in the African-American community 
have been historic. And look, I know this president received 6% of the African-American vote in 2016, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when you compare that to what Mitt Romney got or John McCain got, it was double or triple, respectively. What he's done as it relates to criminal justice reform, because the criminal justice system has disproportionately uh, targeted African-Americans, particularly nonviolent offenders, and putting them in jail. And the president has changed that system uh, when the Democrats never did. And the economic opportunities that African-Americans have now because of the deregulation environment and the, and the growth that our economy has, there are more African-Americans working today than ever in our nation's history. And I think all of those factors will lead him to receive north of 12 percent of the African-American vote in the 2020 election. If he does that, there is literally no mathematical formula that the Democrats can use to take back the presidency because they have taken the African-American community for granted for 40 years. And for the first time, and you remember this, the president's campaign slogan was, what the hell do you have to lose? (laughs) And now they've given him, and and now he's shown them that they are better off today than they were four years ago, as is every American. One of our hosts plays that as a stinger on his show. What the hell have you got to lose? lose. (laughs) Our our morning show host. Corey, uh, unfortunately, we are out of time. In fact, we're way over time. We appreciate you sticking on an extra long time with us. I've got so many more questions. I'd love to get your thoughts on some of these uh, Democratic presidential candidates, particularly the front runners. Hopefully we can have you back on again someday soon and we can get to some of those other questions. Thanks so much for your time today. We'll be looking for you on the uh, Judge Janine show a little bit later on. Hey, thank you, and you guys have a great Labor Day weekend. Thanks, you bet. Corey. You Appreciate too. it. That is Corey Lewandowski. Big thanks to him for joining us for a few minutes. That was a good long interview. Dude, that was a campaign anu- uh, announcement, basically. Without an announcement? Without an announcement. Yeah. All right, we need to uh, take a break. We are long overdue. Big thanks to Corey Lewandowski for joining us. We've got more Weekend Report coming up. We're going to talk to State Rep Nick Schroer. There were some uh, movements on the Missouri abortion bill this week. Uh, We'll get filled in on that next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Weekend Report on FM News Talk 97.1. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, FM News Talk 97.1. Another big thank you to Corey Lewandowski for joining us in that last segment. If you missed it or would like to hear it again, don't forget you can always get our podcast absolutely free on our website at 971.com or on the Radio.com app. The Radio.com app is probably the quickest, easiest way to get the podcast. You just download the app, you favorite the radio station, then you have full access to everything. You can stream the station 24-7, and you can download all the podcasts from all the shows here on the station. Again, all of it is absolutely free, and uh, you can take us with us with you everywhere you go on your phone or tablet or whatever. But I highly recommend you go back and uh, check out that interview with Corey. It was great stuff. Speaking of great stuff, as always, we have our friend Nick Schroer, State Rep Nick Schroer, newsmaker Nick, joining us again on the phone. Uh, Nick, we had you in studio last week because there was things happening with the abortion bill that you were the sponsor of and one of the authors of, of course, the very nationally famous Missouri abortion law. And there were more... Uh, steps taken 
the, the story continues about uh, the saga of Missouri's abortion law. Things happened this week. Can you explain what happened this week and where we are as far as progress on your law? Well, thanks for having having me on again this weekend. Um, yeah, a lot a lot has happened in just uh, the span of a week. Um, the federal lawsuit, which was filed by Planned Parenthood and ACLU, uh, they filed a temporary injunction on part of the bill. The the same judge who I think was back in 2018, uh, 17 or 18, uh, did the same thing. He uh, granted an injunction on a piece of a bill, which is now law. Uh, he he was overturned by a panel of three in the uh, Eighth Circuit Appellate Court. And right now, it looks like this is going on that path. So what he did is initially we have uh, the tiered bans, the 8, 14, 18, and 20-week ban. Uh, rather than rationalizing why he was granting the injunction on 8 weeks, 14 weeks, 18 weeks, 20 weeks, he just threw them all out temporarily. Um, so the same thing that happened uh, to that law back in 2017, 18-ish, uh, is happening now as the Attorney General filed an appeal of that decision uh, on Friday. So we're not going to hear... Probably the uh, the decision whether that's overturned or not for a week, two weeks, three weeks maybe, um, but it's on a similar path as the other pieces of uh, legislation have been in the state of Missouri. Uh, that being said, only ten percent of the bill is being held up by this decision. The other ninety percent of this uh, this very wide ranging bill, this very powerful bill, went into effect on Wednesday, and uh, those pieces are now law. What and what are those pieces that went into so, effect? One of the ones that the uh, ACLU and Planned Parenthood tried to stop was the selective bans, uh, or the selective abortions, rather, for uh, the sole purpose of, let's say, you're aborting a child because it's the wrong sex, it's the wrong race, or it has Down syndrome. That is now being prohibited in the state. Now we also have uh, an increase to medical malpractice coverage for physicians providing abortions to save women uh, in cases of botched abortions, which which the Planned Parenthood clinic in the uh, in the city has done countless times, uh, and also to protect the, the babies born after abortion. Uh, there's a stipulation Missourians referred out of state for abortions have to get the same in, informed consent as those uh, required here in Missouri. There's an increase in the tax credits for pregnancy resource centers, uh, and and then there's the trigger ban in the bill. Now, it would only come into play if Roe v. Wade is ever overturned and the, the decision to legislate the area of abortion comes back to the states. So the trigger amendment, which was put on by uh, Representative Adam Schnelting in St. Charles County, would, uh, would outlaw abortion in the state of Missouri and allow us to start from scratch dealing with state law rather than the, the all-encompassing federal law that we've had to jump around like we did in House Bill 126. Talking to State Rep. Nick Schroer, only about a minute left. So with all this happening, the bill, as you mentioned, was supposed to go into effect this week. It's 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 been uh, delayed. When, just a couple quick predictions, when do you think we will have a resolution one way or the other and the law either goes into effect or goes away? What's, what's the timeline in your mind on that? And where what... How do you feel about your chances of winning? So the ultimate resolution I don't think is going to happen until 2020, maybe even 2021, dealing with all the appeals and the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, Ultimately, we've had 90% of the bill go into effect. It is law. It's not being challenged now. Um, So I would say, you know, it's a 50-50 shot that this uh, appeal of the injunction gets reversed. It's 50-50. But once it goes into, the full decision goes into the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, that's where our chances are uh, amazing. 
But, uh, yeah, I think 2020, 2021 uh, is when we find a final resolution to this small 10% of the bill. Gotcha. State Rep Nick Schroer, thanks so much for your time once again. Enjoy the rest of your Labor Day weekend, my friend. Yeah, you too, guys. Thanks. All right. We got to take a break. We have a whole second hour of the weekend report coming your way. A very special edition of the Weird News Challenge with Skip Weber. Uh, Plus, Chris and I are going to get to some more of the big headlines of the week. Lots more to go here on the weekend report. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to FM News Talk 97.1. Your lost words, the whole world's pain, and I miss you. Said I miss you. Said I. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. It's hour number two of the Weekend Report on your radio. I know, right? Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, A packed first hour. If you missed any of it, go and download the podcast. It is free to do so. You can do it on our website at 971talk.com. Just click on Podcasts. Or, even better, the Radio.com app, which is absolutely free. You download the app to your phone or your tablet, whatever device. Uh, You favorite the radio station, and then you can stream the station 24-7, and you have access to all of the podcasts from all of the shows here on the station, including, of course, The Weekend Report. Again, that is all absolutely free. You can go back if you missed our interview with Corey Lewandowski, Trump's former uh, campaign manager, that we had in the in that first hour, great stuff with Corey. Good, he went way long with us. It was <laughs> it was great that he it was stuck to be around. Ten minutes. It was twice it was as long. Ten as minutes, long. and he went twenty minutes He's with such us. Such a wallflower. We've got to get him to talk. Oh my goodness, great stuff from uh, Corey Lewandowski. So go and check that out if you missed it. Also got an update from our friend newsmaker Nick, State Rep Nick Schroer, as uh, his battle for Missouri's abortion law continues. There were uh, more updates legally more steps taken in court this week as uh, uh, there's uh, challenges to that law and we got a good update from Nick Schroer in the last hour as well. So good stuff. Uh, If you missed it, go and get the podcast and check it out. Also, uh, while we're doing this, don't forget that you can uh, check out the Weekend Report YouTube playlist. 97.1 has a YouTube channel and on that channel, we have our own playlist that we put videos on, try to do it every single week. You can also watch those videos on our website at 971talk.com slash weekend report. So go to the website or go to the YouTube channel and make sure you're checking out those videos that we put up. We usually try to put them out in about the middle of the week. That way you uh, can check in with us uh, in the middle of the week as you're waiting for the next uh, Saturday episode. So all good stuff. Uh, You want to promote your Twitter while we're doing all this stuff? Yeah, uh, Chris underscore ARPS. Uh And uh, those that are interested in non-citizens not voting, they can go to Americans for Citizens Voting on the Facebook page. And Carl, you're on Twitter. At underscore Carl the 
intern. Follow us all at Tony Columbo 971 for me. All right, we've got another busy hour for you. Coming up in the next segment, we are going to have Skip Weber and Trish Gazelle in studio. Trisha Gazelle, our friend from 102.5, going to be here for the 50th edition of the Weird News Challenge, a milestone for America's favorite game show. Uh, so that is coming up. Feedy. Right now, I want to dive back into some of the big stories of the week. Uh, we're going to do a little weekend review, part two. Uh, your girl. My girl. AOC. AOC. Alexandria. Ocasio-Cortez. AOC. Made some interesting claims in an Instagram video this week. She said that millennials and Generation Z are better informed and more well-versed in history than past generations. Listen to this quote. AOC, quote, I think young people are more informed and dynamic than their predecessors. I think this new generation is very profound and very strong and very brave because they're actually willing to go to the streets Previous generations have just assumed governments got it. It's not funny. It's scary. Mm. 1960s? Uh, I mean, all the way back to the freaking Tea Party. And I mean the original Boston Tea Party. Mm. Generations of Americans have been brave and strong enough and and, 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 and involved enough to protest in the streets. The civil rights movement is, is... one of the best examples of that. And she says that uh, every other generation till now um, has has assumed that governments got it and haven't been willing to take their message to the streets. I I don't know. I, yeah. Does she really not have any clue of American history? AOC's comment doesn't necessarily offend me. What offends me is her public high school education or public (laughs) education that didn't teach her basic civic things like this. So she can go out and spout this as a congressperson of the of the United States. She's a millennial. She comes from a uh, self-absorbed generation that thinks everything revolves around them. So. It's kind of par for the course. The and she appeals to that generation. Yeah, she, a lot of her exactly. supporters are young. And I heard people that de- defended her this week saying like, well, she's not discounting uh, other generations and, and saying that they didn't protest. And not, she's not discounting the civil rights yeah. movement. She doesn't she's, know the history. She's just trying to uh, she's just trying to embolden and and motivate uh, younger yeah. people. But. You can, I don't even, I don't have any, she wants to say this generation is very profound and very strong and very brave. Great. You can, you'd say that that stuff all you want. But when you say that they're, this is the first generation that's actually willing to go to the streets because previous generations just assumed governments got it, that's, like I said, that's not funny. It's just scary. She doesn't know her history. So like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. Her and her generation, they believe that. They don't know anything about the civil rights movement. They don't know anything about revolutionary history. They don't know anything about the women's suffrage movement to get the vote. Their lives started in 1990 into 2020. Right. That's all they know. Right. Um, I, we talked with Corey Lewandowski in the last hour a little bit about the president's tweet tweeting habits, and <laughs> he talked about how he finds them uh, mostly entertaining, but he did he did admit that the, the president 
sometimes says things on Twitter that maybe he shouldn't. Um, for me, a perfect example of that was this uh, uh, tweet that went out this week where he kind of attacked Fox News. And it's not him attacking Fox News that bothers me, but it's specifically the line that said, Fox isn't working for us anymore. We need to find a new place to get our news. I know what he means. I know he's not saying that Fox isn't working for us as in the payroll. I know that Fox is not on the payroll. I know he's saying they're not doing it for us anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not my preferred place to get news anymore. But I have to look at everything equally. And if President Barack Obama or another very high, another powerful politician in this country were to say, hey, CNN's not working for us anymore. Hey, MSNBC's not working for us anymore. I would have... I would jump down their throats. I would have, I would have, I would have criticized them mm-hmm. for uh, drawing such a close relationship with one um, uh, one media outlet. So I can't help but be extremely uh, disappointed and uh, condemning of that particular tweet from the president. Uh, am I overreacting? What was your reaction to that? I think every, I think CNN, MSNBC, and all of them have for years since Donald Trump has been running for president and been president, they've said that the Fox News Network and their personalities are in the tank for uh, for President uh, Trump. So I think him saying that it doesn't really raise any heads, shouldn't shock anybody. I think what he is basically saying is Trump, they must have said something, given him some coverage he doesn't like. So he's trying to slap him around <laughs> a little bit to get him back yeah, in he line. Was, but I he think knows he was specifically upset with Donna Brazil. Is that what it was? I think he okay. was. I think it had something to do with uh, with Donna Brazil being on the network and how he was disappointed with that. And I think that's kind of the genesis of it. And then. And- Went on to say, you know, it's not working for us. And you got to remember, too, there was talk during the campaign when people didn't think Donald Trump was serious about this, that they were thinking this was just some PR trip for him to start his own conservative network and compete against Fox. So. Maybe he's Look, signaling that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to start my I criticized him earlier in yeah. the week on Annie's show and on Dave's show, and I got um, uh, mostly people uh, agreeing with me. But, mm-hmm. you know, a few people that were reaching out to me on Twitter and whatnot saying, you know, oh, he's just – you know he's playing chess. He's he's distancing himself from mm-hmm. Fox, so the Democrats can't tie him to it. He's doing. Look, maybe maybe he is doing all mm-hmm. those things. I still don't think it's appropriate for a, a president to s- say those words. And I've got to apply the way I cover stories yeah. and the way I react to them equally. I mean, I talk about the flip test all the time, and if I flip test this, it wouldn't be okay with me. Yeah. I've gotten to the point, Tony, that uh, Donald Trump is a, is a president like we've never had before and that old rules of politics and how you do things have been totally blown out the window. So I don't look for presidential decorum or normalcy from from Donald Trump anymore. Yeah, we are. In, uh, we are in uncharted territory when it, when it comes to what's normal and what's normal and for a president to do or say. So I just I just roll with it. I made up my mind early that I was not going to. To uh, let Donald Trump's tweets and things that he does affect my everyday emotional life, like he does a lot of right. Democrats and stuff. But if, I just if I'm going to criticize uh, something stupid that AOC says on Twitter or Instagram, I've got to do the same to the president. Got some. So you were very upset. No, I'm not happy with. I'm not you, happy with Fox. I, I think you know people think Fox is for me. Fox is is good. Look, uh, Sean and Laura. 
And Tucker has really been very good for well, Tucker's a little tricky, but that's okay. But he's been very good. And, you know, many of them, you guys in the morning are Ainsley and, and Steve and you, you become, you were solid. I, you know, I used to say you were a solid six, maybe a seven, but you're right. getting much better. You're getting great. Th- <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's fine. I, that, what he just said there, that's fine. And if he wanted to come after Donna Brazil specifically and even say, yeah. I can't believe Fox or any other news organization would give this woman a job after how corrupt she was, all of that's fine. But when when he just when he yeah. blank, I think Donald Trump statement. I yeah. think I think Donald Trump is doing what head coaches <laughs> do on the side of the uh, sidelines when yeah. they're talking to the side judge in a football game or yeah. or the head coach in the basketball. I get how it. they I get it, but I still got to call balls and strikes. <laughs> they kind of um, rib the they rib the referee kind of so he can get the call they well, want next time. What he said <laughs> was far from the dumbest thing uh, or most objectionable thing that I heard this week. Uh, Representative Ilhan Omar. Uh, this week called on the U.N. to take control of the migration crisis on the United States southern border. She wants to hand over our border uh, to the U.N. and let them handle it. Uh, She said uh, we should do whatever any other country does by dealing with this situation in a serious way. There's no apples to apples comparison, so I don't know what she's talking about any other country. She says... We have to bring in the United Nations High Commissioner on Refugees, an agency that has the expertise and training to handle the massive flow of refugees humanely. Chris, are you ready to uh, hand (laughs) over the southern border to the United Nations? You know, we know that'll never happen. I think the sad thing is you have a United States congressman using the U.N. to embarrass her country on the world stage and compare her country to some third world countries that are treating... uh, uh, migrant workers or or immigrants poorly, like you see in a lot of third world countries. The people that 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 say that it's unpatriotic to question her her patriotism when you see moves like these and some of the other moves that that she does, I think it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have time for one more, Carl? We do. One more story. We do. Uh, hit number twelve if you can, sir. I can hit number twelve. Thank you. Like this. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he had a single source, and if he does have a single source, he should sue the source because it's made him look like, uh, you know, it's exposed him for being a fraud. Because, look, Lawrence O'Donnell has been lying about me. If you remember, we had a big dispute in The Apprentice. He said I was never paid anything, and I said I was paid a fortune. And then the statement came out, it was released. He had to apologize, just like he did last night. And when he apologized, he was crying because it was very embarrassing to him because right. we, I made a big bet. <laughs> Lawrence O'Donnell, of course, uh, Trump is referencing Lawrence O'Donnell, who is a uh, host on MSNBC, who said on his show this week that um, he had a single source unverified report, but he still he still went with it. He still put this out there on NBC News, yeah. on MSNBC, that um, one of... Trump's that that Trump was had some business dealings in Russia and needed a co-signer on a loan and his one of the co-signers was a Russian oligarch and it's an unverified story that makes the president look terrible and NBC News is running with it in prime time if there's not a better example of media bias I it, I'd love to see it. Trump delusion syndrome on display. And he and and as um 
Uh, as the president pointed out there, Lawrence O'Donnell had to come back on uh, the next night and uh, apologize yeah. and because it's he's reporting he, I mean, you know an MS- it's fake news yeah. I, I don't mean to and NBC has go particular with a angst there, but- against Donald Trump because Trump had the apprentice on NBC and Trump has ribbed them saying how much money I've made for you and blah 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 so there's a special animosity between NBC and their personalities and Trump and I think this is just another example of it yep uh, only a minute to go uh, the last story that I wanted to touch on very very briefly the Enterprise Center going back a uh, local here mm-hmm. just uh, put a clear bag policy in play you can't walk around with a purse yeah. a backpack or anything else you have to have a clear bag uh, Carl you work at the Enterprise Center the right dome, f- the dome had that for the last couple years too yeah uh, if you went to any football game, you 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 bought the Rams bag, and I know a lot of people still have that Rams bag. Mm-hmm. But now and there's a blues what? bag. Now. now there's a blues bag, and That's exactly so, right. Um, this does not affect me. And you can, all, if you're a female, you can bring a little clutch. And a lot of, a lot of people like bringing yeah. clutch. What do you need to bring to a hockey game? Well, don't try to well, walk into the Enterprise Center with your purse or your backpack or anything yeah. else. I, I think when it came to issues with the ladies, I think they were concerned about feminine issues uh that they need uh being exposed the to the public yeah you don't you don't have to empty your pockets anymore either so just keep them in your pockets yeah. the new uh the new metal detectors you don't have to empty your pockets there all right we got to take a break skip weber is here so is trish gazelle we are going to play the weird news challenge the 50th episode of the weird news challenge 50. is next on the weekend report don't go anywhere Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Weekend Report. It's FM News Talk 97.1. That music means Skip Weber has entered the room. Great to see you, my friend. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> mic. Let's get Skip's mic on. Turn it on. What happened? Oh, no. Is the microphone broken? Not on a day like this. No. No way. Are you sure it's not in the wrong uh, input? Look at it. Yeah, go that uh, way. Oh, that, that looks bad. It? No, go the other way. Other way. Other oh, way. Oh, man, this is bad. This is bad. Are you sure the inputs are right on the board? Uh, it was all I'm not trying to butt, butt, butt in, but... Ah, we get to hear more music. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can share, Skip. This, uh... Carl, oh, you're so oh, handy. Oh, oh. No. No. Check the thingies on the board. See if that thing's plugged in the back there, Trish. Ooh. There you go. Engineering! Yeah, yeah, we are <laughs> we are down a mic. Look at this. <laughs> wow. Well, this is going to make things interesting. <laughs> that you two have to share a microphone. That <laughs> two can it, say exactly. their thing the loudest. Yeah. So Skip <laughs> Weber is here, as I mentioned. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Our friend Trish Gazelle from one hundred two point five is here as well, and of course Chris Arts. Yes is uh here and now the judges don't have a microphone carl's mic is now officially broken broken. yeah it's not working that's terrible all of a sudden oh well this is now this what a uh have you been using that this show yeah yeah wow yeah so yeah that's yeah um, maybe what kind of show is this it's even the 50th anniversary (laughs) it's a a saturday so excited that they just yeah making all kinds of mistakes it's a saturday afternoon nobody's listening it's okay (laughs) Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Labor so Day weekend Saturday. Yes, it is. And as we've uh, mentioned, it is the 
50th edition of the Weird News Challenge. We have hit a milestone. It's a disaster in here, people. <laughs> I'm is. telling you. Uh, Skip is seven feet tall. Trish <laughs> is five and a half feet tall. So, and We're they're trying, trying to, to say, share a microphone. And uh, Skip had to sit down. Skip is sitting down and is still an inch taller than Trish. That's <laughs> 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 unbelievable. Uh, I noticed that Chris just didn't. He was like, "I'll just stay over here." With I my know. Mouth. I'm he's got his game face on. Chris has got his game face on. Yeah, I'm hoping if I sit down, this will improve my luck. So, so maybe I sit down today. So we have the milestone edition, the fiftieth uh, episode of the Weird News Challenge, and to celebrate, this game is going to be all. Weekend Report Trivia. Oh, oh baby. Ooh. Right? Uh-oh. Uz, Uh-oh. Uz and Oz. To celebrate 50 episodes of the Weird News Challenge, uh, we will do trivia the about this radio show. Now, I want to say this. And the like, question is, what's the most talked about topic on this game. The <laughs> or what's the category yeah. that Trish gets, gets correctly almost every time? Um... I will say that, like other times when I have had one of these sort of unique categories and people thought, oh, I don't know, that could be a little difficult, uh, this is going to be all about buzzer speed. Oh, and wow. since you're sharing a mic, and that it could just get, it could get real weird. Get ugly. It but could get real I'm, weird. I'm not good with buzzer yeah, speed. Yeah, this is not going to be, this is not going to be. I'm just going to yell as loud as yeah. I can. So we got, uh, what is it, five questions and the fifth question has ten possible oh, points. Wow! So, Whoa. try to set that lead early and hold on through that uh, through that last question. So, uh, the weird news challenge is something that we started uh, over a year ago here on the show. It started as a uh, video piece. It was an extra thing that we were putting on the YouTube channel. We that. weren't even playing it as part of the the radio show, and uh, it has it has grown into America's favorite game show. And yeah. so we're going to celebrate the Weird News Hollywood, Challenge. Hollywood Square started as oh, yeah, Tic-Tac-Toe. exactly. Yeah. The, the floors and Target, the uh, the home edition was sold out <laughs> last time I was in there. It was there empty shelves right there. So, yeah. So these are going to be all questions uh, regarding the 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 show weekend report trivia uh katie fitzpatrick rule is not in effect i thought so about putting not, it in effect it's not weird news challenge trivia it's no weekend report it's trivia. weekend report okay. trivia oh, okay. yeah weekend oh, report okay. trivia about the show right. yes exactly right <laughs> uh before we start let's test the buzzers chris arps <laughs> Ooh, that's a new one isn't it that is a new yeah. one <laughs> is that what you're going with <laughs> yeah let's go with that that, I like that one. Now yeah. that we've <laughs> now that we're fifty episodes in, you're yeah. gonna change the button. Yeah. <laughs> All right, skip. Ding 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 ding. ding. That's what uh, led him to the top, ladies and gentlemen. Those ding dings. <laughs> Trish. Bloop. All right, I like it. Bloop. I like it. Okay, here we go. Weird news challenge episode number fifty. Question number one. How well were you listening last week? Before Chris Arps, who was the original? Bloop. Trish Gazelle. Donnie Fandango. That is correct. Mm, wow. wow. Love you, Donnie. You were really paying attention. Wow. Yes. Before, I knew that good answer, job. too. I, I was paying attention. I just... Uh, yeah, it was before... Trish was in my way because I had to... Oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the you can question, still say your beeper. The question was, before Chris Arps, who was my original co-host on The Weekend Report, the answer is my buddy Donnie Fandango from You would think I would get point. that. 
You would think. Yeah. You would think you should get all of these. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See if you got this one. What is Chris Arp's middle name? <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> um, now, the, question number two. Now, of course, this show is on every Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m., but what was the original time <laughs> slot? Four to five. That is incorrect. Blue. It was. No, it wasn't. Three to five. No, that, well... I, it, yes, that is. It was three uh, to four, but I was only asking for the time that it started. It was. I was only asking for oh, okay. when did the show? Uh, yes, Saturdays at three is when it used to start. Hey, what? That's four. before. But that doesn't count because it was before my time. We never started at four. No, yes, no, it was. I don't no, know. It, the, all of these are here. before my time. What <laughs> yeah, are you yeah. talking about? You were here yeah. when we were doing that. I went out at three. All right, here we go. Question number three: Who is the original? We've had a bunch. Who is the original producer <laughs> of the week? Uh, Rachel. That is correct. Rachel Zimmerman oh, wow. from the Dave Glover Show. Did you know that? I, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, we <clears throat> talked about it last week, but I'm not. No. <laughs> did we really? Yes. Yeah, we did. I was too busy being angry Hello? about losing. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on a three-game winning streak? <laughs> yeah, three, uh, three games. Yeah. I lost it. I mean, I won the two previous. Okay, so If two. I win today, it'll, it'll be, be three. three. Okay, got it, got it. All right, question number four. Don't forget, question number five has ten possible points. Question number four. This is the 50th edition of the Weird News Challenge. Kind of. One game was played, but was never aired. Who won? Ding, 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 ding. Skip. Allegedly. <laughs> Trish Gazelle. Oh, that's got to go to the that judges. I just wanted you to say that. That I is correct. I want to answer because I wanted you to have to say it. One game was played, but I've it was heard. never aired. I've heard that <laughs> Who won that lost episode of the Weird News Challenge? And that is Trish Gazelle. It was deleted by Ryan Wiggins, our yeah. former producer, and never made it to air. And then got promoted. And then he got promoted the week after he lost the show. Question number five. Once again, this one has ten possible points, so it's anybody's ball game right now. Chris has one point, Skip has one point, and Trish has two points. For one point each, who are the people that have won at least one? Ding, 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 ding. Skip Weber. It, uh, I can't finish. That would be that would be. Uh, uh. <laughs> Chris Harps. <laughs> Chris Harps is 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 correct. One. That's Take my, your time. myself. Take your time. That is correct. Trish Gazelle. That is correct. Katie Fitzpatrick. That is correct. Carl Middleman. That is correct. Dave Glover. That is correct. I don't think anybody can catch you. Why don't you? No, no one can catch him. No, nobody can catch you. You want to keep going though? Gabe Pfeiffer. That is correct. Dang. Mmm. Man, he's coming on strong. Just uh, cleaning up. I don't think Wiggins ever won. At the end, there's there's three left. There's three left. There's three left, but nobody can catch you. Oh, I know. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Jill Devine. That Jill is Divine. correct, Jill Devine. I, I got that one from I one of my it. fans. One of my fans <laughs> texted me. And uh, let's say, who else was a guest? I can make it respectable. I guess. Yeah, uh, you know who won. Who? I can't. Do you want to take another guess? Uh, my well, last guess will be. Up. Zach Factor. Did that Zach is incorrect. Never, okay. Zach never won. Do you want to take? You yep. want to get a point? Annie. That is correct. <laughs> Annie, Fry. Annie Fry. Annie blanked us. Okay. Annie Fry. There's one more. Rachel. I can't think of nope. who else played. Johnny. Nope. It's kind of a trick question. You. There, there was a no tie. No winner. There was a tie. Oh. oh. There was one oh. tie. 
And I would have given you the point if you would have said tie. Skip Weber comes on wow. strong at the end. Good job. Cleans good house. That whole question. I actually, when you said You're ten, when you said ten <laughs> points, I thought I, that's the that's the first thing I thought it might be. Yeah. Is who was, yeah. So he didn't even want to answer did. anything because he was no. busy yeah. thinking. No, of. I didn't. I didn't. The question, the, the question that, question that, that didn't even get finished was uh, name all the people that have won at least one episode of the Weird News Challenge and Skip got just about every single one of them. The tiebreaker would have been uh, how many videos are there on the Weekend Report playlist mm. on the 97.1 wow. YouTube page? Yeah. 14? I will guess <laughs> 48. I'll guess 32. 56. Really? There's that Skip many? Skip Weber one. Yeah. I should go to it more often. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> Skip Weber well, cool. has won the 50th edition of the Weird is there a News Challenge. There is. I get a big 5-0 hat. There's, uh, there's no surprise. He now That is your 17th victory mm. out of 50 cool. episodes, and you weren't even here for the first year's worth of these games. And he's ran away Pretty with amazing. it from yeah. me. We were relatively close. Maybe not a year, but it, yeah. for the first, definitely for the first little bit there. All Do right. you win the trivia contest at home? What's that? Do you win the trivia contest at home? Or you do you guys do trivia do you board do trivia games and home? things like that at home? Sometimes. Trivial pursuit? Sometimes, yeah. Are you dominant? No. No? Yeah. You're surrounded by smart people. Depends upon the uh, category. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you do really well on the weekend we like report. Going to trivia. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. We like going to trivia nights. <clears throat> All right. That's we, what it is. Yeah. We got to take a break. Skip's going to stick around. Trish, thank you so much. Thanks. Maybe you can start the winning streak back up again yep, next yep. week. All right, we'll be right back with more Weekend Report. Don't go anywhere. Stuff from News Talk 971. Chris Harps is the best air guitar player west of the Mississippi. I think Perry would be uh, proud. <laughs> He's I the best he real be guitar yeah. player He'd be proud. west of the Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Weird News Challenge. Congratulations, Skip Weber, Chris who's sticking Arps. around. Heartbreaking loss. Chris yes. Harps is the, is the greatest air guitar player west of the Mississippi and east of the De Pere River. There you wow. go. <laughs> wow. That's, that's a big honor. Man. Yeah. <laughs> they got a lot of north and south ground there. Yeah, yeah, you can, you know there's actually an air guitar championship <laughs> yes. where yeah. people yes. win like 100 grand Absolutely. or something? If we a played that, that song by Perry <laughs> called Closing Time Jam. If you air guitared to Perry Woods' mm. Closing Time Jam at the Air Guitar Nationals, you would win. I think we need more than like a five-second clip, though. I think, I, <laughs> I think they want a little I don't know, more. Man. I think they need a little that more one material. Note, though. That one note. I mean, that's that's where you that's where you show your dominance. Well, maybe we should do a recording and like submit it. Ninety-nine. Of me doing it. Ninety-nine percent of people are early on that. Yeah. They they hit that. Well, you know, early. it took me a while to really get my yeah, timing. Your timing is impeccable yeah. now, though. So Skip Weber sticking around after another victory in the Weird News Challenge. Got a couple things I want to uh, talk with you about, but before we get to that, what's happening at Weber Chevrolet? Well, 
here's the deal. Mm-hmm. It's Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Today, you would think, being August 31st, would be the last day of the month. But no. Anytime, <laughs> anytime the a month, month ends, ends on a, a Saturday yeah. or right. a Sunday or a holiday, you incorporate it. So we have our great prices that have been kicking butt and resonating tremendously. Look, I can't explain it. All I know is when our volume increases and our leads come in, I know we have the best prices, and they're not only the best, but they're unique and powerful for that brand at that time. So it's been a great month for pricing for our prices, uh, and it lasts through Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So you have one more day. Tuesday is a short night. We're only open till six, but it's the same as 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 August. So uh, come out and check it out. I mean, here when you when you keep piling on. The Silverado specials, the Equinox specials. We still have about forty cruise hatchbacks left because we took those extra ones, that second batch of extra ones. Just we sold a bunch of those this this week. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty cool. And then, of course, this time of month, lead into the new month, is always pre-owned mm-hmm. extravaganza because mm-hmm. of all this influx of trades. Yeah, I don't so. know if it's going to go anywhere uh, after the August is officially over, like you said, after Tuesday, yeah. officially for you guys over. Um, I don't know if this is going to change or not, and I know we've talked about it a lot, but that deal on the Silverados with the Unbelievable. with the, 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 the crew cab, four-door Silverado with the V6 engine that has more powerful than the V8 right. that I'm driving right. that's in that parking garage right now. My Silverado is a 2015 V8. These new ones are less than 30 grand. They have a V6 engine, but that V6 engine is more powerful than my V8. But it gets 21 miles per gallon. 21 miles a gallon and less yeah. than 30 grand. Yeah. I mean, that for truck, a brand it, it new tw- truck. It's not decontent. Woo. It is 20 inch wheels. I mean, Man. there's stuff that, that the loaded awesome trucks deal. don't have that this doesn't. But, I mean, you're not going to be cranking the windows. It's going to be power windows. If, you think, if you're thinking about buying a truck, don't yeah. miss this. And that, that has played really well. As a matter of fact, we didn't get all those trucks that we asked for for that special at once. Mm-hmm. They trickled in, so we constantly had a waiting waiting list all month, and we still we still have a, a trickle in. So a trickle in, it's not one a day, but it, you know, it's instead of getting forty at once, every store was getting two and three a day. Yeah. So the special was so good that there was often people had to wait for the next ones to come in. Wow. Yeah. So and it's an, it, it's an unbelievable yeah. deal. Here, and I don't know what Chevrolet is going to do with the incentive. Okay, we will continue doing that special on our end if Chevrolet lowers the rebate, which. The, Full disclosure, they probably won't because it's the time of year they won't. Right. So we should be able to have that again in in September. So there's a couple of stories that I wanted to talk about while we had Skip in the room. We're going to get everybody's uh, opinion on this. Um, Start with the – I got one about hockey and I got one about the uh, NFL. Andrew Luck, that story this week about him uh, announcing his retirement. He's only 29 years old, but he says injuries have, have beat him up really bad. He gets booed. Roundly, when he makes the announcement in front of the crowd there in Indianapolis, uh, what were you guys' thoughts on that? So I that have crowd two, completely I, out of line. I see it two ways. Mm-hmm. He was paid a lot of money to have a longer career than this. Well, uh, this is why this is. But, but uh, yeah, go ahead. By far the smartest NFL player I've seen in a long time. As soon as you start yes. getting some of these things, you should quit. You know, who I thought that, of though the people that really push it. And keep playing after getting re-injured, 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 and the chronic injuries mm-hmm. there. Those are the people that are miserable and kill themselves like Junior Seau when they're in their mid-40s. You know who I thought of when I saw those fans booing was you, Skip, and the stories that you have about 
Kevin Demoff and Stan Kroenke and being a season ticket holder here in St. Louis for yeah. the Rams and getting emails all the time talking about how good of shape the team is in and how dedicated they are to the city and this is why you should buy more season tickets. And apparently a lot of those people that were booing in Indianapolis were upset because they were not necessarily booing a man for retiring, but they were upset because they felt like, I guess there were emails and or or public you know uh, press releases by the team leading into this season that saying looks back looks yeah. back yeah. and get your season tickets so now and so they feel like we bought our yeah. season tickets because you told that's, us that he was back and healthy and now I'd he's walking madder. away I, and and he probably sprang it on them and I get it but mm-hmm. yeah I don't know that's I, what I'm I saying I doubt he sprung it on them I bet they knew well, well, before those emails if came there's out. any evidence they knew before the emails, then I'd be I furious at did. the team. I bet you they did. I I would be initially mad, and that would probably quickly change to disappointment because it's a human being. And then finally, I would say what I just said: that he's smarter than most than most of these guys. Yeah, that Chris, stay if too Dak long. Prescott just out long. of the blue retired, and you were look, standing in the crowd, would you boot him? I'd look at it like this. We have to put it in perspective. I am a huge Dallas Cowboy fan. I love the team. But if I was that disappointed, then I would sell my season tickets or, or turn them in. This is a young man who, 29 years old, we have no idea the mental, physical anguish right. that he's gone through. I can tell you one of the saddest things that I ever went to. I went to a political fundraiser a few years ago, and one of my childhood heroes, I wasn't a fan of the team, but Dan Deardorff from the 70s yeah. growing up, I saw him at a fundraiser. And he was walking with walk. a cane. Yeah. Yeah. He had a replaced hip. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Dan Deardorff. So football takes a tremendous toll right. on these players. Well, and, and like I brought and up, I brought the Junior Seau, one yeah. of the best linebackers ever. Yeah. And Ends up taking his own life. Took his own life yeah. because he was in such chronic pain and, and so, so messed up from at, 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 under 50. I mean... Well, and this is not it, the first time. It, yeah. Remember a few years ago, a player, I forgot, maybe it was with Miami, a young player yeah. said, I'm out of here, well, and he's 26, there's, there's been and he several, said, I don't want to play. There's been several role players that have done it. I, I don't recall ever a star of this magnitude, and certainly the quarterbacks, right. because that's the thing, is that the team is built around the quarterback. Any other player, there should be even more understanding, because it is a team. Yeah. Okay. You're, if you're a good running back, and you have a bad line, you're not going to be a good running back. So a good offensive line makes good running backs. Yeah. Uh, a good a good quarterback will make good receivers. Yeah. A good there's lots of the teamwork, but the quarterbacks who you build it around. So that's what that's what makes it bigger and more unique. And, and that's yeah. also why and more emotional there's for those so fans. many more rules protecting the quarterback yeah. from injury. Because yeah. the average so, fan, average person, we really can't comprehend a 300 pound man. Hitting us and falling on us yeah. over and right. over right. and over yeah. for sure. an entire game—the toll yeah. that takes on your body, yeah. game after game, season after season—and and look, the guy is not going to take that lightly. Believe me, he's how old is he? Twenty-seven, twenty-nine, twenty-nine years old. Okay, he has lived and breathed football for at years. least sixteen or seventeen years. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, be, his dad be, is yeah. Oliver Luck. I mean, yeah. he's been his whole life. He's, he's so. I mean, his whole life he's but he's lived and breathed it. Yeah. You're for right. at least that's been his whole life. When he's not playing football, he's studying it. Yep. When he's not studying it, he's working out to prepare for it. So he's going to be missing that, and so it's going to be hard on him more than people realize. Yeah. Yeah. But I think here, he, I'm telling you, he he sees exactly what you said, Chris. Yeah. And before, when your body can't do it anymore, yeah. you can't yeah. you can't do it. I want to switch uh, gears before we run out of time. Another uh, sports story that. Uh, came out early in the week 
Uh, but I haven't had a chance to talk to Carl. Carl, of course, works for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Pat Maroon signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was the feel good, st- the David Freeze feel good story, hometown boy, huge goal in the playoffs to save the season. Without that, yeah. maybe we don't win the Stanley Cup. It was cool that we had this hometown hero, and now he's gone. What did you, what, Carl? How did you react? And how do you think fans are? are do, do they? I mean, he's only here for a year. Do they care? Do they? How wrapped up do they get in the whole hometown boy thing? They. Wish him well. Yeah. I think everyone. I think <laughs> it's a business. He was not that strong in the regular no. season. And, As a matter of fact, I know a ton of fans that whenever we talked happy. about, whenever we talked about, hey man, why aren't the Blues as good as we thought they're good? They all, everybody said, well, Maroon's been a disappointment. Yeah, but he is remembered for scoring that double yeah. overtime goal in Game yeah. Seven. And you know what? That is, some people can hang Perfect. a career on yeah. that, yeah. and that's fine. And he's going to a great. Team. He's going to a record-setting yeah. team that everyone thought was going to win the Stanley Cup last year. Yeah. Maybe they just need that piece. And Tampa Bay is a great fit for him. And everyone said that it's either going to be Pat Maroon or Ivan Barbashev. They have they can sign either one or the yeah. other, and not both. And it Barbie's probably a better long-term investment than totally agree. Carl, are there other and, teams? And, and oh. the other thing about oh, oh I apologize. Oh, no, the so, other thing about it is is we we need to do whatever it takes to keep Shen. Yeah. And so if you do something really stupid this year, then it's harder to keep Braden Shen well, next year. They're still so, they're still uh, making up for stupid things they've done uh, in the past. Agreed, agreed. I so, think the Blues will be better. Not because it's addition by subtraction, but the, well, younger, they're bring guys, those kids up. the younger guys coming in should be, no, should be no worse, probably better than than Maroon. And the people like Robert Thomas and Sammy Blaze and some of the other young guys we have will be a year better. I think the Blues will be a better team this year. But that also means that if you... If you're since you're losing Maroon, that means you're going to put Steen up on the third line instead of keeping him on the fourth line. Which Maybe. you need, you need one of those, you need one of those kids to step up to fill Maroon's yeah. slot, which yeah. we really hope will happen. Can. Yeah, I think I think that's a possibility. And I don't know about your question, Chris, because he's only making, I mean, only he's making nine hundred thousand yeah. dollars. He's not even making a million dollars. So my no, my question is: Were there other teams that were going to offer him more, but they weren't as good as Tampa Bay? So he said, "I'll go to them for nine hundred thousand." I, think, I could make a million think, and a half somewhere else. I think else. that's what he was going to make, and it, yeah. it's a great move for both teams, yeah. both parties. All right, we are almost out of time, uh, but before, 60 seconds, uh, Saturday evening rock show tonight. Saturday evening rock show. What's going down? I'm as excited as I've ever been. Yes! <laughs> Last week, we had the uh, three themes. I played some songs yeah, that's with right. rock in the title, some songs with roll in the title, and then finished it up with songs that's, that were had rock and roll in the title. Both. Right. That was fun. I love it. This year, this week is a theme that I've never done before. And one thing uh, for the whole two hours. One thing for the whole two hours, nice. back to, which is the usual. Yep. And it, the you know, uh, it's not a subject. It's not. It's 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 more related. Well, I'll tell you what it is because I'm <laughs> a couple hours. Song album songs from albums released in 1983. Oh wow! Oh, so it was fun. I've had that. Well, I get know, it. Come on, in. come on. It's, I like I, it. It's a teaser. Maybe people. Yeah. There you go. You know, when they hear that I'm talking about it in the show, I maybe know, get more like listeners it. on your show here. That's gonna that's be a, cool. Yeah. So no, that's uh, uh, something I've had in the back pocket to do a year like that. I chose that because that was my senior year of high school and I was rocking out hard mm-hmm. anyway. So, um, but but I'll do that again. I'll have I'll pull out a few months from now. I'll probably pull out another year and do it and rotate it around because that's a way to get a lot of yeah. songs that don't really fit any theme 
into the mix. Yeah, can't Great wait point. to hear so, yeah. the Thriller hits. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 1983. I, I, talk, I mentioned Thriller. <laughs> I mentioned Thriller twice because I will. I'm using an album, a song from an album that knocked Thriller out of the number one oh, spot wow. okay. in the UK, okay. and then a song from an album that knocked Thriller from the number one spot in the US. Interesting. So, a lot of thought. I said that. We said we planned that, yeah. didn't we? A we lot did. of thought and a lot of work goes into the it Saturday does. Evening Rock Show, and that is why it is the number one music show on a talk station in the world. Woo. Saturday Evening Rock Show Impressive. tonight from 9 to 11 with Skip Weber. Don't miss it. Uh, we are out of time today. If you missed anything on today's show, the 50th edition of the Weird News Challenge, our discussion earlier with Corey Lewandowski, make sure you download our podcast absolutely free on the radio.com app so you can go back and check out all of that stuff. For my partner, Chris Arps, the great Chris Arps. Yes. I am Tony Colombo. Big thanks to Carl Middleman and producer, of course, as well. We will be back here next week for another edition of the Weekend Report. Thanks for listening to FM News Talk 97.1. Happy holiday. Yes. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.